3: Welcome to Never Had It So Good Sports Talk Radio. We're excited about tonight and to talk about men's basketball and get the guys in here just to discuss the the finals are here, um, and the Lakers-Denver, and also the Heat and the Celtics. And, of course, we're going to get into some draft prospects for the NBA. Um, The number one pick has been decided. Let me welcome in everybody. Will Harris, how are you doing tonight? Good evening. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing good, doing good, sir. Thank you for being on. Tony Coleman, how are you doing tonight?
4: I'm doing very well, Princess. Thank you. How are you tonight?
3: Doing good. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. Tommy Pritchett, how are you doing tonight? Tommy Pritchett, do we have you?
5: Okay. I'm I'm here, Princess. Okay.
3: Thank you. All right. I need you tonight. I need you to be on Tommy Pritchett. Uh, all right, uh, <laughs> listen to to him already laughing. Hey, Larry up, How hey. are you
2: tonight? How's everybody? We're doing good.
3: Before we get started with all with everything that we're going to talk about, I do want to say that our our counterpart, our co-host, our friend, um, our brother, um, Duck Riley, is not with him with us. He lost his mother last Thursday, um, Josephine Riley Joyce. Um, Got our wings, and we just want to give a shout out to Duck Riley, and tell him that we're we're thinking of him, praying for him, and that we are his support if he needs it. Um, and guys, I'm gonna give you a moment to do the same thing. Larry Tisdale, your thoughts, and we'll move on.
2: Listen, that is my brother. That is my mentor. Um, he, he I think about him every day. He was my neighbor, um. So my prayers and condolences go out to him and his family. Um, I've, I've watched him raise his family, so I know the, the stock that he comes from. I, I know he was a he was a mama's boy. He'd always talk about <laughs> it. He was, very, he was very proud of it. Um, so mm-hmm. you know, and and I think I've mentioned it. I've lost my mother recently, two years ago. I know what he's going through. Um, so my heart and uh, whatever he needs from me uh, goes out to him. That is my brother. Amen.
3: Larry, I've said to him several times, he's a part of a club that nobody wants to get to, for sure, and be a part of. Um, Will Harris, I'll give you a moment to shout out to Duck.
1: Yeah, my uh, prayers and condolences to his uh, family. You know, I met uh, Duck a few years ago. He's become a close uh, friend of uh, my family. Every time I visit Charlotte for holidays, he always comes over, spends time with us. We watch games together. Just developed a good relationship over the uh, past several years, so prayers and condolences uh, to everyone in his family.
3: Amen, amen. Tony Coleman.
4: Hey, I, I definitely, I just want to give um, my sincere condolences to to Dave and his family. Uh, I definitely understand exactly where he's at. You know, having lost my mother as well, so I know I know the pain and and all the thoughts and different things that's going through his mind. And uh, you know, I, I just stress to him to remember all the good times and all the Amen. teachings and, and um, you know, just carry that legacy on, you know, that uh, is instilled in him. And uh have been knowing Dave for quite some time, way back in the early 90s up until this point. He's always been a dynamic brother, um, leader, and uh, a, an empowering type of dude that's always been uh, good to me. So, just send my love and prayers to the family.
3: Amen. Amen.
5: Tommy Pritchard. You know, I've been I've been knowing uh, David and his family since I think you made I might have been eleven or twelve years old. You know, I used to go over. I went to school with one of his sisters, so I, I used to go over and, and see period. And that's when David, David was small then, but I, you know, we, we, we've, we've been in contact. i t- talked to David. Uh, I think it was yesterday. I, you know, I didn't talk to him, but we communicated. Um, he knows, he knows how I feel about that. And I wish I could be there with him. Um, all prayers are going out to him and his family. Um, I lost my mother too, so I know I know how it is. But all prayers going out to him and his family. Hope they get through what they got to do.
3: Amen, amen, amen. Services are Thursday. A shout out, Duck. We love you, um, and we're yes, all sir. praying for you um, for yep. sure. All right, gentlemen. We're going to turn our attention towards um, basketball. And at the end of the show, I also want to get into question. We'll wait for Tim to get in here. He's running behind on Tuesdays, of course. He wants to talk about Carmelo Anthony and whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. So I'm going to let him get that one. We're going to squeeze that one in, but I want to start with the um, the finals and let's get this one off of my heart real quick. And let me go ahead and go straight to Larry Tisdale. So um, I, he knew he's laughing, so we can get yeah. him. There's no way, gentlemen. I thought that we would be here where the Nuggets would sweep the Lakers, um, I even thought, okay, they're coming home. It's 2 old. They're coming home. They're going to do something at home. And then they're up. Um, they lose that third game. And so, okay, they're going to go on a four-game run. And I watched the game last night, most of it. I'm like, come on, Lakers, we could do this. And they didn't. Um, Tisdale, tell me your thoughts, because I don't know if you picked them to beat the Nuggets. Um, I, I, I don't think you did. You did? Um, and I, did. I And I, I think did. I picked them in, in seven. I, I didn't see this one coming, and we'll go down the road here. Tisdale, your thoughts?
2: Yeah, no, I didn't see this coming either. Um, I thought that this team, the Lakers, finally had gelled. Um, I know I mentioned before I thought that uh, Denver um, probably had uh, the most versatile offense that uh, it, it, it was left in the playoffs. Uh, anybody touches the ball, um, they're very selfless, and, and they and they can score. Um, but I did see Anthony starting to play. And if Anthony plays, you know, they could beat anybody. Um, I, you, you saw LeBron come out and try to set the tone. I thought he was on pace for 50. Uh, but then in the second half, you realize that, you know, he's 40 years old. Um, and going down, I know the announcer mentioned it, it's difficult to go down in that paint uh, and, and expend all that energy. And he just did not get the support. Um, They struggled offensively, and not to mention defensively. Um, And I think uh, if Anthony's not, you know, dominating, LeBron can't be the most dominant player on the the court if they were going to win. He could be the best player uh, for L.A., but he couldn't be the most dominant. And it didn't seem like his team stepped up. It was disappointing to see uh, during the first half. I really thought, man, they really do have a chance. Um, But he ran out of gas, and nobody stepped up. So that was a. that was that was difficult to see uh, a sweep uh, of them, and, yeah, that was it was just tough to see.
3: Yeah, you know, I saw LeBron kind of um, tired on the bench at the end of the game against the Warriors. They won, but you could tell LeBron was spent. And I think it was either game two or game three of this particular finals um, against the Nuggets, and he laid out on the floor at the end of the game. You could tell he was spent. And I like what you said, Larry Tisdale, Um, he can't dominate a game anymore, and he didn't get any help. Um, And at 39, I think he did the best he could do, and he played above the rim, did everything, tried to control it, but I I thought they were too talented. Um, Will Harris, your thought about this one?
1: I expected uh, Denver to win, but I was uh, shocked at a sweep. Um, The Lakers looked to finally be putting it all together. They were gelling. They had a healthy Anthony Davis. The role players were stepping up. Uh, They beat some good teams to get to this point. But Denver's just been the – I think it's just time to acknowledge them being the best team all season. I think we kind of, you know, got carried away with the upsets that were happening this year with Miami Heat winning as an eighth seed and the Lakers winning as a seventh seed, Golden State winning as a sixth seed. All this time, uh, Denver's been probably the best team in the NBA from start to finish, regular season and playoffs. So uh, Jokic looks like an MVP. I mean, he's kind of shots he was making was just unbelievable – Back foot fade away, you know, time running down. He just was unstoppable at some point. You got Jamal Murray, probably the one of the better number two options in the league. The supporting cast mm-hmm. stepped up as well. So maybe it's not about what the Lakers couldn't do, but just, you know, what how good Denver's been and a testament to um, how well they've played all year. Yeah,
3: yeah. Tony Coleman, I'm, I'm coming to you. I mean, did we put this on Anthony Davis' shoulders, on LeBron's shoulders? Um, Or or were the the Nuggets just that good?
4: Well, you know what? I mean, you know, LeBron and Anthony Davis, of course, they are the leaders for the Lakers. Um, I was rooting for the Lakers to win this series. Um, The surprise for me was the sweep. Um, I thought this thing would at least go six or seven games. Um, Yeah. But that happened. And um, the Nuggets are just that good. I've I watched this series really closely because I really, really wanted to see how they were really matching up and how they were really strategizing. They were just that good. And I think we tend to put a lot of emphasis on the Lakers and, you know, what they should be doing and how they should be adjusting and, you know, Anthony Davis should be doing this and he should be doing in the you know, which they should, but at the same time I don't think even the narrative from, you know, the media and from, um, you know, sports analysts and a lot of different people um, never gave Denver any credit for being that good. It was always, okay, well, AD's got to do this, or he didn't do that, or LeBron didn't, you know, but not really giving the credit that was due, I think. And, uh, And I've really watched them hard last night. I said, man, these guys are good. They are good. I mean, they're big. Uh, Murray is incredible. Um, the Joker is, is is unbelievable. I mean, unless you've got skill set, their IQ is just off the chain. And I think, too, with the narratives, always seems to favor the Lakers in terms of, you know, they need to do this and need to do that, um, put more of a chip on the on the nugget's shoulder. And they said, look, we really gotta prove to people, man, that we are here, we are good, and we wanna win. This is all about us, it's all about team. This is no individualized uh, you know, sport. This is us together and we come in with a chip. We don't care who the Lakers got on their roster, we're gonna win the game. And they play on both ends of the floor as defensive players. Their length is incredible. You know these guys are six nine and six ten, playing guard and playing on the wings. And then you got the Joker and you got and then you got the guys coming off the bench, you know, that that are just playing phenomenal basketball. And uh, I said, Man, these guys are just they're just good. And, you know, I heard LeBron say it in the interview after the game. He said, Man, he just had to take his hat off. I said, man, these guys are special, man. They're special. They're just special. This is when it's your time, it's your time. And uh, I just got to give them all the respect. Denver is just Yeah. They're they are, they're good. They're good.
3: Yeah. yeah. Um, Tommy Pritchett, we're going to come to you next, but I do want to welcome in Tim Moore to the show. Welcome in, sir. Uh,
0: glad to be with you, Princess. Uh, sorry I was a couple of minutes late. I had to take care of something I spoke with you about earlier. But uh, glad to be with you guys. I've been looking forward to this discussion.
3: For sure, for sure. Tommy Pritchett, your thoughts about <clears throat> this, tip your hat to, to... – to, to Denver, right? I mean, I, I didn't expect to sweep, but um, as LeBron said, they're just that good. But your thoughts about this, um, did you look at this in amazement, four games and, and it's done?
5: You know what I did? I didn't think that they would sweep the Lakers. But, you know, I I really hadn't paid that much attention to how good they were until last night. They're, real, they're really good. They're big. They were very physical with the uh, with the Lakers. I didn't know that uh, that the Joker would get that physical. He was very physical last night. Of course, Raymond has been, you know, ever since he uh, he's been having a good series anyway. He, had, you know, he's hard to contain. They were just too much for the Lakers. But the, to me, the Lakers didn't play good defense last night. I don't know what the problem was, uh, but to me, they didn't play good defense. So, yeah, I, I was surprised by them sweeping the late.
3: Tim, let me go ahead and get you to take over because the cable people here, and as you can hear, they're making a lot of noise. <laughs> let me get your thoughts about this and then take over and ask the Carmelo Anthony question while I deal with the noise.
0: Yeah, Um I, my, well, my thoughts are, are much like what I heard uh, Tony and, uh, and Tommy say is that, um, you know, I have been hearing about Denver and the fact that they had the best record out West because actually they had the best record pretty much all season. Um, but because it's one of those media markets that you don't see on television a whole lot, uh, I had not seen them play until the playoffs. And, uh I knew they were pretty good uh, when I did watch them because I, I remembered uh, Murray was a star and the Joker had won a couple of uh, uh, MVPs the last couple of weeks. But uh, I had no idea until this series started uh, how good they were. I mean, they dominated Phoenix, which was sort of surprising to me, uh, the fashion in which they took them out. But I was not expecting a sweep with the Lakers. But after uh, game two, it appeared to me that they're not only talented, uh, they're very poised. I mean, it didn't matter when the Lakers took the lead. Uh, they, were, they were poised enough to come back in the ball games and, and really, uh, really make a difference there. Um, uh, I, you know, just speaking of the Denver, the Denver Nuggets, they have been a franchise that's been really good for a long time. Um, they had a couple of down years, but they were really one of the top teams in the ABA. And, in fact, when they came into the NBA in 1976, they were the one team that, you know, immediately belonged. They won the Midwest uh, Conference, I mean, the Midwest uh, uh, Division, uh, the first year they were in the NBA and had the second-best record in the league. Uh, So this franchise has been, you know, sort of a sleeper for a while. Um, And they had another resurgence in the early 2000s with Carmelo Anthony. Uh, and they've had a number of good ball players um, over the years. But what do you guys think? And, and let's start with, with Tony. Um, what do you think about Carmelo's announcement in retirement and where he stands in the overall uh, history of, uh, of not only that franchise but in, in basketball? Is he a Hall of Famer or, or, or where does he stand?
4: You know, first of all, I just want to, uh, you know, give kudos to Carmelo and uh, congratulate him, man, on an outstanding career. And, you know, having, you know, the wherewithal to really sit down and really analyze and figure out that, you know, this is the time that I'm going to, you know, have speakers up as a player and move on to other things, investing time with my son and, you know, just doing other things, still being around the game, but having an impact from a different perspective. Um, Carmelo, without a doubt in my mind, uh, Hall of Famer. Um, anytime you put 19 years in the league, uh, had an impact early on in his career. You know, and as things continue to progress, he, you know, he uh, with, withstood um, opposing, um, you know, opinions about him. He went through adversity different point in times of his career, getting back on teams and things of that nature, going through injuries, so on and so forth. But the guy has a stellar career. His impact has been impeccable, and um, I definitely believe he will go into the Hall of Fame. Um, he's been a gentleman. He's been a great ambassador. Um, I can't recall any type of outlandish scandals, you know, mm-hmm. that right. had to his name. Um, and uh, he even said that it's somewhat been a surprise, I mean, a blessing in disguise um, having this year to just devote to uh, training his son, being around his son, watching him, going to his games, that he didn't get connected with a team this year. And uh, he says, man, my legacy is going to go through and live through him. So I don't. there's nothing else I need to do. I can just stop right now and let the legacy – Go to the next generation, uh, who is really handling things really well and is looking to be one of the top uh, players to continue on that legacy. Yeah, so,
0: yeah. I definitely... Well, the only thing. Go
4: ahead. No, 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 I was just going to say, yeah, definitely Hall of Fame for sure.
0: Uh, yeah, the only you talked about uh, not having a scandal. The only thing I remember about Carmelo that was even even somewhat marginal was when he uh, when he chased Kevin Garnett to the bus and challenged him to fight in the parking lot. But I understand uh the background with that was that Garnett had said something about his wife. So uh <laughs> and, and Kevin and Kevin has a has a way of getting under guy's skin. Um he's known for being a pretty pretty yeah. serious trash talker in the league. Yeah. Uh is Will on is Will Will on with us tonight or not? He is, Will Harris? Uh, Will, what what do you what do you thought about Carnell, Carmelo's retirement and where he stands in the overall history of the game?
1: Yeah, definitely one of the top 75 uh, players, if not higher than that. Um, he's
0: uh, one of the best
1: scorers, prol- prolific scorers we've ever seen. Um, complete, uh, well-rounded offensive game. I think he's top, what, number 11th on the all-time scoring list.
5: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you know, he made a big impact in Denver. I remember his classic Western Conference Finals matchup with uh, Kobe Bryant. And he yeah. really got Kobe's respect that game. That was one of the best back-and-forth, very good back-and-forth series. When the Lakers went on to win the championship that year, I went on to, to uh, back home with the New York Knicks. I uh, led them to the playoffs one year, if I recall. I still put had longevity in the league. And then with the Hall of Fame, you also have to consider um, college accomplishments. He went to Syracuse, won a national championship, one of the best right. players in the country that year. I mean, coming right. into the league, it was LeBron and Carmelo. I mean, I think LeBron kind of took off on – he could elevate it to another level uh, once they got to the NBA. But Carmelo early in the early on was right there with them, and it was, you know, them two coming into the league, and they both made a great impact. So, I think um, congratulations to him on his retirement, and I think he'll be a um, easy easy uh, Hall of Famer and uh, one of the top yeah 50 75 players ever to play.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy, what are your thoughts uh, in terms of Carmelo uh, retiring? Uh, you know, as as uh, I think Will pointed out, his best years were actually in Denver. Uh, but, um, um, you know, where do you think he stands all time among the greats?
5: He's you know what, <clears throat> I, I'm just going to repeat what everybody else said because they said it all. You know, he is a, a top 75 player, played 19 years. I think he had an outstanding career. And you know, I never read anything uh, bad about uh Carmelo. And you know, if if that was the only bad thing about him chasing Garnett to the bus, uh for saying something about his wife, you know, that, that will get you chased to the bus.
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs>
2: yeah, that I have you running to the
5: bus. <laughs> but uh yeah, you know, he was loving from the scoring in there. I think he will be a Hall of Famer. I think he will be. He he had a good career, man. Yeah.
0: Okay, Francis. What are your what are your thoughts on uh, his position all time? Uh, you know, given his retirement this week.
3: You know, I, I didn't really think about it until you posed a question in the thread. Um and, and but I followed Carmelo since Syracuse and I remember the game where it was five or six overtimes and Carmelo just really just took over. Um it was a game in overtime I think in the A C C tournament. But um stellar Career and I I did think his best days were at Denver and I think he's a Hall of Famer. Um I think maybe he came into the class with I uh, if I'm not mistaken, Chris Paul, LeBron and him, um that was the same year. And I think, right. you know, LeBron may have overshadowed him, but Carmelo held his own, and I think he's a Hall of Famer.
0: Okay. I guess I'm the only outlier in this group because I I I, I agree he had a tremendous uh, career, and I think uh, a prolific scorer, uh, one of the best players of his era for sure. Um, I, I, I don't see him as a Hall of Famer, however, in terms of an all-time great. Uh, you know, and I understand that he – uh, you know, he had the the Olympic experience with the gold medal team. He had a national championship in college. Uh, he had a good career in the pros. But uh, I kind of feel like there have been another, a few a few other guys who have done that, that as well. Um, and when I look at Carmelo, uh, I don't see him ever having been a really good defensive player. Uh, he was a scorer and could score with anybody. Uh, but uh, not much of a defensive player and uh, not really a great rebounder either. Uh, You know, I I can't remember what I ever saw him take a charge from anybody. Uh, uh, And I I look at, you know, comparatively all time. I think he's one of the best of his era, no doubt. But all time, I look at uh, what he did, and Sam Perkins did the same same thing. You know, national championship, Olympic championship, uh, NBA championship, which Carmelo never got. Uh, Scott May did the same thing Uh, You know, Marcus Johnson Who I think is a better player all around uh, Did the same thing Um, So I guess I'm an outlier there Uh, And and there was also Maurice Lucas Who I think compares very favorably to Carmelo But I think in terms of his era He was as good as it gets uh, With the exception of uh, perhaps uh, LeBron And and, uh, uh, Michael Jordan during that period of time as well
3: yeah. Um, right. Good
0: point. Go ahead. Tim. Let's let's move forward then uh with uh with the next question. I I, I think we're gonna look at this other um this other series. Yep. Yeah. And um what's going on with this Miami uh Boston thing? Is anybody surprised by that? What do you, what do you think, Tommy? It's,
2: and if Tim, if I could if I could mention something back on that last series real quick. Um, oh I'm sorry Larry. I am sorry. Oh no, you're fine. You're fine. Um I saw you know, uh, Kevin Garnett, I don't know if anybody saw this, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce were doing uh, uh, an, an interview. And they picked up on something about the Lakers a while ago that most of us didn't. And they said, look, we're going to talk about it and nobody else is So they had some insight, I believe. And they said when LeBron broke the, the, the scoring title, if you watch it and they show the highlights, the only person not standing up for him was Anthony. And he said, there's something going on with this team. And if you get an opportunity, you'll see it. He's just standing there. There's no ovation or anything like that for, for the all-time leading scorer. And we've talked about this with, with, with the Celtics, and we've talked about this with them. They don't play for each other. And you could see that was evident when they played against Denver and Miami who play for each other. Like, it, it's palpable when you watch those teams. And I did not see See that uh, when I watch them. So uh, unfortunately, I believe something is going on there, I'm, and and maybe that's why you know at the end of it, nobody expected for LeBron to say, "Listen, I may need to take a break, or I, I need to reevaluate what's going on with my uh, future." here. Yeah,
0: and uh, D'Angelo Russell, he just disappeared in this uh, series where he was playing pretty well, pretty well up until then. He just kind of yeah. like just. Van, yeah. Good observation, Larry. I, I, you know, I hadn't noticed the dissension issue, uh, but uh, the good observation there, um, Larry. Larry, talk to me a little bit about what you what you're seeing with this Heat uh, Celtics uh, matchup.
2: Oh, that's real easy. This, this, is, this is it's the easy as it gets. And and I know I really harp on this, but during the playoffs, you need a dog. You need an alpha. And everybody, and Jimmy Butler has a chip on his shoulder. He, way, he reminds me of the new and improved Terminator, Robert Ory. Like, <laughs> Ory's going to hit big, big shots, and, and, and he's going to kill you. And, and Jimmy Butler has just taken it to the next level. He has taken everything that's happened very personal, um, and you could see the difference in makeup between him. He's an old school. He's an 80s, 90s guy. The makeup of him is just different. Um, And when I watch the Celtics, they don't have it. And and I've said this before, too. I believe something's going on often because there were rumors about Brown being traded. So there's something going on there. And and I know we want to maybe look at the coach as as the new coach. But, you know, this team struggled last year when they won the the chip. Mm -hmm. At the beginning of the year, they had these same struggles where they probably lost, you know, eight out of ten, you know, two or three times during the year. Now, they gelled at the end of the year, but there's something going on with that team. Um, To be that good, not to be playing for each other to take shots or to play D or to have communication. Um, So when I see that, I I look at, you know, there's something internal going on. Um, And as far as the other side in Miami, man, Jimmy Butler has them (laughs) believing he truly has them believing, and I think Cal Lowry said it. He says, we have the best player in the world right now, and we are all following him. Wow, that, that's, that's a good observation. Will,
0: uh Larry makes a good point. Uh, we were all talking about the Celtics uh, being perhaps the most complete team in the playoffs, uh, I think a week or two ago, and uh, they have just sort of fallen apart since uh, Game 7 against the 76ers. Uh, what, what's your take on that? I mean, I mean, it was so bad. I was getting texts the other day from Celtics fans who were saying that that Bill Russell's was turning over in his grave, and 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 uh, Bob Cousy and and uh, Larry Bird are just probably totally embarrassed by this team, as well as Kevin Garnett. What what are your thoughts Imagine. on what's going on with the Celtics? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the first two games, I think that he was just out scrapping
1: them. Uh,
0: and just took their hearts
1: out. Just I mean, every loose ball it seemed like was going Miami's way. They were getting second and third
0: uh, shot
1: attempt. I mean, it looks like they just wanted it more. Those first two games, you had uh, Jimmy Butler. So he's been great as well. But the supporting cast, I mean, they're kind of feeding off his energy. I mean, Caleb uh, Martin's playing well. You got you know, the other guards playing well. Harrow's hurt. But guys are stepping up. It's kind of the culture they've built uh, with the Heat. And then game three, I just think, even though the Heat, I mean, the Celtics actually out-rebounded the Heat by a lot in game three. But I just think they just had a – unreal uh, shooting night. I think they went fifty four percent from three point. So they were just hitting open shots where Boston was came out cold and picked the worst and game of the year to come out uh freezing cold shooting. I think uh I didn't like how Boston just kinda of let up let their foot off the gas and quit game three. I mean they were up by thirty I think at one point.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I think you know, if you really wanted to try to win the series, keep your starters in, finish the game strong, at least have something to build off. Coming in the game four tonight, but I, I don't know at this stage. I think it's time to just stick a fork in uh, Boston. I don't think they'll win a game this entire series. So credit to the Heat for that. Yeah,
0: uh, Tommy, I, I heard you a few weeks ago when, when we were going through the uh, the big dance, the uh, March Madness. You were talking about the kid Brandon Miller from Alabama just disappearing during the tournament, and you were saying that big players, the big stars, need to step up when it's time when when the lights get the brightest. Um, we've seen Tatum kind of kind of disappear when the, when the lights are on in this particular series uh, at at particular times, and then you've got the, the 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 role players from the Heat that are really
5: just hooping. What, what's your thoughts there? They are hooping. You know, the, the team is shooting well, man. Uh, you know, at one time, uh, Miami wasn't shooting well, and I I really didn't think I thought they would would be eliminated long time ago. But the way they playing and uh, Butler playing lights out, you know, the Celtics, they did quit the last game. Uh, mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, the coach took them out. Most of the starters were sitting in the fourth quarter. You know, uh, a lot of people are uh, putting it on the saying it's the coach's fault, you know. But the coach is not out there on the floor
2: playing.
5: It's those guys that out <laughs> there. Right, <laughs> you know, but you know what? He'll have to. Start. He he'll probably be the one to suffer from this. If they if they lose this next game, he'll probably be fired. But uh, you know, he's not out there. It's not, it's all on them. I don't I don't I don't know about the Celtics. You know, they went through it last year. Seems like they were trying to correct that stuff this year, but they just don't have any any fight in them. Yeah. And I am surprised yeah. by the Heat because I, I didn't give them a chance, man. But they are tough. They're yeah. tough. Yeah. Tony, what are your thoughts on this series?
0: I mean, uh, you know, we I don't think we've ever seen a Celtics team just kind of, like, not battle before. Um, and the Heat just, these guys are just, like all of them firing on all cylinders.
4: Yes. Um, this series, um, I, I predicted Miami to win. Uh, so, at least I, I was... Uh, you know, yeah, right yeah. so far, three after three games, <laughs> they gotta finish the deal. Um, someone alluded to there's some, some dissension and some issues going on with the Celtics. And I and I believe that there is as well. Um, you can see it um, you know, in different times where they are really facing some adversity. And um there has been talk about Brown, you know, ongoing. Um, There has been talked about, okay, well, you know, Tatum is the guy, you know, the go-to at the end of the game, you know, end of the quarters. Um, And, uh, you know, but Brown has been that guy who would, you know, step up and uh, kind of carry the load when Tatum wasn't playing well. Uh, So it was always going back and forth with that. And then you run into a Miami Heat's team that has a, uh, a Jimmy Butler, most underrated superstar I've ever seen in the game. That no one realizes that Jimmy Butler is six eight and he can guard and defend on both sides of the ball. Um and he oh, can wow. score. Six eight, and that. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, his 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 IQ is, is, is off the chain. And then yeah. then you got the sporting cats, you got other guys who got rings. You know, Kyle Lowry, they've been there before. Kevin Love, they've Kevin been Love, there before it. You know, the culture of the Miami Heat coming from the very top, from Pat down to Ulster. I mean, you know, you're going up against a lot of these different things, these intangibles that a lot of people don't understand. That makes a big difference when you're playing in these kind of, you know, final series. And then um, I also believe there's a problem with the coaching in Boston. Missoula. You got to understand, Missoula is 34 years old. He gets a head coaching job by default. Because Udoka decides to, you know, you know, you know what he did what he was doing. So he's out. Okay, so uh Steven said, Okay, I will promote from within. Uh, the guys went along with it. So Joe Mazzola becomes the head coach. Do I do I believe that Joe Mazzola um is gonna get better? and be a, a really, really uh, great coach one day? Yes, I think he has all the makeup to be that. But you're talking about a guy who is 34 years old. Some of the guys are older than him that you're coaching, and then the things weren't going well. So you're talking about coaching grown men. You know, it's not like these guys are like college guys or high school guys. These are grown Man. men who are Man. making millions of dollars, and they got these egos and all these other kinds of things. And they get coaches fired all the time. And then you get five coaches that are, you know, big-time coaches get let go, and all of a sudden now, you know, people are talking about him, your decision-making. Uh, he's fighting against the media in the interviews. And, you know, it's just, you saw the inexperience just coming to fruition, coming to light, and I think it carried over into the locker room and, and onto the floor in um, okay. aunt. You know, they're just, you know, they're just uh, a problem. And, uh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Prince, Princess, what are your thoughts on this one, the Celtics uh, and the Heat? They they were talking about uh, moving Brown.
3: Yeah, I think the fact that the, the Celtics announced that they were shopping um, Brown and that they were open to listening to offers for trades, um, I, you know, I don't know if a player gets over that in midseason or you know, mm-hmm. during the season. Just like I, I didn't think that Draymond and Jordan Poole thing was settled just because they gave money to Poole and gave him an, him an extension. That thing lingered throughout the year and you could tell it was something there. Um, mm-hmm. i just like to thank the Celtics for beating the 76ers so then I can <laughs> stomach some of this. Um, uh, yeah. <laughs> some of this loss with the Lakers, so thank you Celtics. But um, up until now, you've been a disappointment in the finals. There's, I, I never thought, I thought this would be a back and forth. And even when the Heat took game one, I'm like, okay, Celtics, you're at home. Obviously, you can't go down 0-2 and then go go to Miami. And they were down 0-2. They, they actually lost lost both games at home. Yeah. And at that mm-hmm. point, I thought they lost every opportunity for home court advantage and to win the series. And if you're going to lose both at home, you've shown nothing. And sure enough, um, they go to Miami and, and and really choke. So let's see what happens tonight. But, um, again, thank you, Celtics, for the previous series. I can at least mm-hmm. try to
2: sleep at night. <laughs> and, and think about that. <laughs> yeah. The Sixers gave that gave that series away. Yep. That was you're point. correct. You're so, correct. Yeah, they've not played well, and I think one of the Celtics player mentioned that. He's like we've done this throughout every series, and and he's correct. So uh, they've been winning by default, you know. Yeah. With yeah. the harden on
0: uh,
2: <laughs> Okay, we don't leave that one alone.
0: <laughs> James Harden, oh, bad subject. Um, Princess, <laughs> let me stay with you for a second. Can we, if we, if we can keep our answers relatively short on this one? Uh, talk about the the uh, the uh, the college or NBA draft. Uh Victor Wimbayama from, from France. They're talking about Scoot Henderson from the G League, uh Whitmore from uh Villanova right out of college, and then two other guys, Thompson the two Thompsons from uh from the G League, before you mm-hmm. get to uh, to Mitchell, um uh, you know, as being the top prospects. Whatever happened to Brandon Miller in that mix?
3: Wow. um, you know, the G Leagues I've just kind of heard you know, through talking to you all. But let me just talk about Wimba Yamba. Did I get it right? Wimba Yamba. That's right. I, I've, mm-hmm. I've actually had a chance now to watch some of his game overseas, and and I've listened to people say that not only is he the best player um, in this era, he's probably the best prospect coming into the draft ever. That's amazing. Um, at mm-hmm. seven foot and, and the way he can actually step out and hit, you know, um a three and then actually mingle, um, on the post and, and, and doesn't mind playing in the post. I'm interested to see what happens with him and how Greg Popovich, because I don't think that the Spurs are going to trade this number one pick away or pick anybody else. I'm interested to see what Popovich can do with him and how well he's going to do, um, in, in, in his first year. I can't wait till the draft. Um, in the G League, I've seen the two Thompsons play, and um, I think they—they, they, I think they get into um, the league in, in, in at least the second round. So, but but I'm interested to see Wimbyama.
0: Okay, um, uh, Will um, Wimbyama. Um, when I look at him, I see a very skilled big man over seven feet tall. But I I also saw that same thing out of Ralph Sampson. And he had a couple of good years and then fizzled because it was the physical nature of the game. What are your thoughts on uh, on these these few guys? Wimbayama, Scoot Henderson, uh, Whitmore from Villanova, and the two Thompsons out of the G League, or anybody else in that top top tier?
1: Yeah, I'll start with uh, Wimbayama. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of his games, but I was able to catch some highlights, and I mean, he looks like a creative player on a video game when you watch him at that height, seven five, be able to move like he does, ball handling, shoot from the outside, um, inside game. He looks like he's worth uh, every bit of that height. I mean, he does need to put some weight on, which uh, we'll see. I mean, Kevin Durant had that came in skinny into the league as well. I'm do. True. I am a bit concerned, though. They're putting a lot of pressure on this uh, on this kid's shoulders because they're calling him the best uh, prospect of all time, generational. I'm always careful to use those kind of words because you just don't know what he's made of. Uh, yet there's always that mental aspect that makes them, you know, take their game to the next level. I mean, just a few years ago, Ben Simmons was a great prospect being compared to LeBron James, but he just didn't have the mental uh, game that LeBron James had, and he kind of just fizzled right. out and never looked up to that height. So the skill set there, the tools are there. We just have to see what he's made of when he gets to the league. To his benefit, I think it's fortunate he's got – the uh, Spurs got the number one pick because, I mean, look at Greg Popovich – Coach David Robinson, Tim Duncan, dealt with a lot of foreign superstars like uh, Parker and Ginobili, uh, Dial. So I think that's to his benefit as well. He's going to go to a a well-coached team to help with his development. Uh, As far as Scoot Henderson, any other year, I mean, he might be in the conversation for the number one uh, pick. He's explosive, good ball handler, good length, complete guard. So I think he'll probably be at least the number two or number three overall pick. Uh, like you mentioned, I think Brandon Miller, Alabama will probably mm-hmm. be in that mix as well for the number two uh pick. Depending on what the Charlotte Hornets wanna do, is it better to pair a LaMelo ball with another guard like Scoop Henderson or do you want to go with more of a need and uh Brandon Miller? Uh Whitmore from uh Villanova, another guy, six seven, uh small forward, uh lengthy, uh good defender, uh could be a good uh swing man for uh somebody. I think he's another top 10 pick, probably needs a little bit more development than the other mm-hmm. guys ahead of them, uh, similar to the Thompson brothers, you know, tall six seven guards, but they'll also probably need some more uh, development before they can uh, start contributing right away. And then you got got uh, Mitchell from Texas, I mean, a uh, very good athlete. Uh, I think, again, he's a guy that you'll just have to be patient with coming into the league. He'll probably need a couple years to develop and reach his potential, but, you have a good team down there picking
0: in the late first, early second. Maybe worth a chance to take on them. Okay. Uh, Tommy, Tommy we're, we're running a little tight on time, but tell me tell me, what
5: your thoughts are on this on this draft class and some of these guys. <clears throat> well, the guys that's mentioned, you know, Wimbenyama, you know, he'll be the number one pick. So they can't – they're going to put him on the floor and find out, you know, where he stands in the league. But the rest of the guys—Henderson, Whitmore, uh, the Thompson brothers, and Mitchell—they are all uh, projected to go in the first round. I mm-hmm. don't know about this draft. This this draft, doesn't, to me, it's not a it's it's not one of the be- best drafts that that, that I've saw. Mm-hmm. But yeah, these guys are, are expected to go. You know, Henderson is a good guard, but. He needs he needs to develop. Whitmore, you know, he might get to see some action man because he's a he's a powerful guy. And he can mm-hmm. make shots from the wing. And that's what makes him appealing to the uh to these teams. And like I say, the Thompson brothers, they don't need time. They don't need time mm-hmm. to uh to produce. And Mitchell, Mitchell is a good prospect too. But he's not a three point uh threat. So all of them had some developing to do, but I'm surprised by all of these guys being projected to go in the first round. Yeah. Yeah, nineteen uh,
0: nineteen eighty three, James uh worthy, um Isaiah Thomas, uh I think uh who else came out there? you uh, uh Dominique Wilkins, all of these guys came out. Uh Tommy's saying this is not their draft, uh Larry.
2: No. No, this is not. Uh, but what you might have is you might have, you know, a generational player in Wimbayama. Um, he is, it, it, there's something very special about him, and, and, and when I say that, I mean just in his physical makeup. At 7'5", his movement is something closer to a 6'8", or a 6'6", uh, uh, uh player, um, which is very unique. And I know you mentioned Ralph Sampson. Well, Ralph Sampson mm-hmm. played in an era where they beat him up. Um, So all his skill was taken away. And, you know, I think I'm not sure you mentioned somebody else. This is a different league um, where you're not allowed to touch the other player, um, which I find it difficult to watch sometimes, uh, the (laughs) ticky-tack fouls. Uh, It's it's very difficult. I couldn't play at this time. Um, So I think that he's going to have some success. He'll be the face of, uh, of the NBA for a while. But like Will said, um, I think he has all the physical, but with this pressure uh, that the NBA and everybody's putting on him to be, you know, this, you know, the, the best generational talent, even better than LeBron. Um, we're we're going to have to wait and see, but physically, I know that he can do it. Um, uh, Scoot uh, is, and again, we'll mention he probably would have been the first round pick. I mean, first round, uh, the first pick, um, if not for uh, Wimbayama. Um, so uh, I I like to see him. Um, As as I look at Brandon Miller, um, what I really like about him, and some of the others do not have, at 6'9", you know, 200 pounds, this this young fella can shoot, and he's not afraid to shoot, and he can score. He could put it down and score, and if you're looking at the league, he is what the league is is now moving to, you know, long, big players, three-pointers, and and, and so forth. Now, the others that you mentioned, I, I, I ball all of them up. You know, they can jump out the gym. They can defend. Um, they can move downhill on a fast break. Uh, but other than that, listen, Ben, we'll back off of you. You know, Ben Simmons, you know, if you back off of Ben, we saw what would happen. And if yeah. these gentlemen here, these young fellows don't get, to get their, their, their shots together, and, and by the way, two or three of them really need to work on some technique. Um, for their shots because this technique is really bad. Uh, if not, they, you know they'll be they'll be in the league for two or three years. They'll get yeah. one or two, you know, they'll get a contract and then they'll be out because the Europeans coming over, you know, from the G League and a lot of these G League players coming over at six eight six nine can do what they do. And offense is at a premium in the league right now. Okay,
0: Tony Coleman, we're running tight on time, but but give me your thoughts on the draft.
4: Um. Uh, You know, I'll begin, you know, by uh, being as brief as I can. And with uh, Wabayana, 7'5", he reminds me of Ralph Sampson in terms of the body build. But the skill is is off the chain. His skill set is phenomenal. I've been going back watching tape on him a lot. His skill set is stellar. At 7'5", to be able to do the things he can do, handle the ball and actually shoot the ball at a high efficiency rate, uh, is incredible his skill set, and then defensively, this guy has a nine foot wingspan. So, <laughs> just think about that. When he stands still and and extend his arms, how you know what passing he lanes he's in. You know, I don't think he'd have any problem with closing out on anybody, or being able to guard and defend and switch it on any kind of pick and rolls. He had to get stronger and bigger. Of course, that will happen. And one thing I, I do want to mention in, in, in all of these players in this draft is that they're all averaging 19 years of age. So everything is protected, you know, uh, for or potential for the future. I right. think Stu Henderson and, uh, you know, the Thompson brothers, I think they have a little bit of an edge because they, they've been on the pro track in the G League and then the Thompson brothers playing in the OTE, um, but that's a pro track, so they've been learning the pro game and learning how to make that transition. So they have a little okay. advantage, I think. Um, okay. Yet, um, Mitchell, remember Mitchell? He declared late, coming out, to, you know, into the draft. So he yeah. he still, you know, has his eligibility because he he didn't sign with an agent. Neither did Tyrese Hunter because they just came out late um, to declare. So is a chance that they may go back if if uh, you know they don't get picked up. I I, I would yeah. I would project early second round guys. You know. Okay. And,
0: and he, he might, might need to. Go. He might need to the way he played in the NCAA tournament. Right. Yeah. 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 You know. Let's let's uh, let's get Princess in here. Um, Princess, uh, yeah. I want to get this this last question. I want your take on this, and then then the last question. If everybody can give me a really quick answer on it, um, Princess, what are your thoughts on the draft class? And then uh, also, who's the best uh, small forward ever in the NBA?
3: Yeah, I I gave my thoughts on the draft class. I did want to add, though, I think that Brandon Miller has has taken a hit because of everything going on. But I I think he's still a top three pick in the the draft. And and I talked about Wimby Yama. And um, I'm going to make this short with the best small forward in the history of the NBA, LeBron James.
0: Okay, Larry, uh, what are your thoughts? Best yeah, forward uh, yeah
2: it, it, it really is that easy. It is LeBron James. Um, there's not much of an <laughs> argument. Although, although Julius Irving is probably the one with, coming from the ABA over was the one who bridged it uh, the most.
0: Yeah, you know, they, they tell me, and he's my favorite player of all time. They tell me yeah. his problem is he couldn't go left, but the problem is they couldn't stop him from going right. <laughs> right. <But> Anything. <anybody, laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. Yeah, Tony,
2: man.
0: Yeah, Tony. Tony, what's your thoughts? Uh, best small forward ever.
2: Did you say
4: Tony or Tom? Tony. Oh. <laughs> That's the, this was the easiest question I've you know I've gotten so far. Julius the doctor
0: me. Okay. Okay. That's it. Uh, Will, like what it.
1: Do, what are your thoughts? Have a short answer to LeBron James
0: for this one. Okay, uh, Tommy. Tommy, what do you think? Is the best small forward ever. Ever.
5: Well, I'm gonna go with the present. I'm gonna, I'm gonna agree with everybody else. This was LeBron James, but the past. I don't know if you guys ever watched him play or not, but Elgin Baylor is my yeah. pick of the past.
0: He was good. Okay. He was good. <laughs> uh,
2: who,
0: who
5: who didn't I get, Larry?
0: Did you no, remember? you got me. okay. Was there anybody I missed on that one? Nope. We went so nobody, quick you just <laughs> Yeah, nobody mentioned James Worthy, I'm surprised. Or Larry Bird. Oh God. Um nah. but anyway. It. No. Okay. Princess, no. take it away.
3: <laughs> um what was the last one? What what's the other question that we want to get? I'm sorry, I got lack of days was there. What do we want to do? Um okay, well let's just end it on uh see if we can get this one in there. Some of the The hot coaches that maybe will be on the list, Um, the Milwaukee position is open. I don't know who else is open in the NBA. I know Udoka just took Houston. And who else? Larry Tisdale.
2: Philadelphia, yeah.
3: Oh, that's right. Who do you want, Larry Tisdale?
2: You know what? I'd love to see Sam Cassell. I know they've got some. I I think that they need a dog in there that can – kind of dictate to uh, the big man what he needs to do as opposed to sitting outside all day. Right. And, and you me. see his work, what he did with Massey. So, yeah. Yeah,
3: okay. Um, Will Harris, what's a hot name out there that you'd like to see get a head coaching position?
1: I okay. think I'd like to see uh, Mark Jackson get back uh, into the mix. I know he interviewed for a job, so we'll see if this is his year.
3: Yeah, he interviewed with Milwaukee. Um, oh, really? And uh-huh. Mm-hmm. If it's not ke- careful, the Celtics would have a position too. Um, Tony Coleman. <laughs>
0: will <laughs> we'll have an
3: opening. Who's yeah. <laughs> hot yeah. out there for you?
4: I mean, you know, guys like uh, Monty Williams, who was, re- you know, let go, you know, Phoenix, man. Oh, that's I, you know, I think Phoenix is open. I'm, I think mm-hmm. it phenomenal. You know, so, you know, new, new owner comes in, you know, he wants to maybe make some changes. Um, you know those those guys are top five coaches that were let go uh, you know I like money Williams
3: okay, all right um Tommy Pritchett, who's hot out there? I forgot Monty Williams too was let go and and I don't think that was more about ownership new ownership and wanting their own guy, but your thoughts who who who's hot out there? do you like to see get be a head coach? I like them Cassell too.
5: You know, I don't know if Sam would be a good spot for uh the seventy sixers. I, I don't know if I don't know about putting him in, in that spot. I don't know who would be I don't know who they could put in that spot and, and be successful right now. But you know, Jackson Jackson he deserves another chance, but he's been blackballed. Um yeah. I'm I'm curious to see about Monty Williams also. You know, I, I thought he was doing well, and uh, I'm curious to see where he'll end up. He's a good
0: coach.
3: Yeah, yeah. All Tim right, more. Bring it on home with this one.
5: Yeah,
0: I, I think Monty Williams and, uh, and Sam Cassell are two guys I'd like to see uh, land somewhere with a good team. I think both of those guys can coach. Okay.
3: We're going to leave it right there, gentlemen. We appreciate you all being on. And, Larry, too, Phil, thank you for taking it easy on me. Um, Tommy Princess We appreciate you Tony Coleman We appreciate you Will Harris Thank you very much We appreciate you Tim Moore We always appreciate you A shout out again um, Tim at the end we, Or at the beginning I got everybody Just to kind of give a shout out To Doug um, I'd like to leave that Last one with you To give Duck a shout out And your thoughts About the family And just saying Condolences to the Riley family As they deal with their mom
0: Getting her wings on Thursday um, You're talking to me Princess Yes sir yeah, uh, yeah, as you know, Duck's uh Duck's uh in um, you know, uh in a little pain right now, uh having lost his mother, 101 years old, um, very close and um, you know, keep him in your prayers. Um, she she's a fascinating lady who raised uh, a a tremendous family and they're uh, laying yeah. in the rest this Thursday. So, so definitely keep the family in your prayers.
3: Keep the family yeah. in your prayers. We love you, Duck Riley. And we'll end it right there. Never had it so good, Sports Radio. We'll be back on on tomorrow at 7 p.m. Um, with Sports Talk with K-Walk. Gentlemen, thank you very much for, for being on the show.
5: Be good, Thank you, Francis. All, right. All right. Have a Brand great day. Praying for, for you, David. Grand for you, Doug. for you.